1: Hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 161 of getting it out podcast that was coronary from Finland that was firewings off of their album Sinbad which just came out February 19th so just last Friday on Cruz del Sur records honestly I had a hard time picking which song from this record I would play because there's so many good ones on it Uh, it's a good problem to have right but I thought this one is a little quicker paced, a uh, little motorhead in there. But anyway, it's classic heavy metal. And if you like that type of stuff, you'll love what's happening on Sinbad from Coronary. I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I was born born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. So anytime someone mentions Sinbad, I just think of the comedian. Uh, but apparently Sinbad was actually just a fictional traveler. Not the comedian who just wore swishy pants. <laughs> Not even just swishy pants. He wore swishy shirts too. He, he, what was, what was that swishy material even called? Do I got to go back to, to, we we need a time machine so we can go back and see what that uh, swishy suit material was called. What was that? I don't know. You can make duffel bags out of it too. That's so interesting. We should wear that stuff again. Was it comfortable? Did it breathe? Was it porous? I don't remember. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Coronary and their album Sinbad. (laughs) <laughs> it's awesome. Go check it out. So anyway, what's happening on this episode? Well, a lot. So I'm not going to talk a whole lot because there's a lot to go over here. Project Sellout and Miss Lava on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast.
2: Kick it! Make family out of friends. Make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family. Make friends till they bury all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out. We be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I've all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out. We'll be getting it in. Where you getting it
1: out? Get in, in out. Okay, so here we are. Like I said, I won't say much, and I don't have a lot to say. It's been a weird, a very weird week. Uh, how weird? I went to the grocery store the last two days. Why would that be weird? Because I don't go to the grocery store. Okay. My wife thankfully takes care of all the grocery shopping. I don't usually have to go. The kids alternate which one goes with them on which weekends because they do like to go. I love avoiding that situation. So I just don't do it. Um, I don't need to, you know, it's unnecessary. But due to the weather in Alabama, I had to go this weekend. Now, I'm not going to connect all those dots for you because you don't need to know the reasons why. But because of the weather in Alabama, I was at the grocery store two times, Saturday and Sunday. Both times while at the grocery store, I needed to get something from the bread aisle. And I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed this before, but what are all the employees doing in the bread aisle? Why are they always blockading the bread aisle? Why can't I ever just get the bread that I want and get out? why do they always have these racks of bread that they need to stack in front of it? How how much in, in need are we of bread that they got to be out there stocking the bread shelves every day, all day long? I don't get it. I don't buy it. I think it's some kind of conspiracy between the grocery stores and the bread companies to make it look like it's in high demand. And it, when I got the bagels that I needed to get, then I went around the corner and found I could get them in the bakery section anyway. I didn't even have to go to the Fucking bread aisle. I'll never go back to that bread aisle. Hate the bread aisle. What are those employees doing in there? I think that's where they hide out, next to the yogurts, where it's nice and cool. Anyway, that's a mystery I'll have to revisit next year when I go to the grocery store. Okay, so moving on. As I mentioned in the intro, there is a lot on this episode. There are two interviews. It's been a while since I had a two interview episode. As usual with a double interview episode, I like to have two very different styles of bands on. So we so we get a little variety, right? And I got that this time around too. I got Project Sellout from Lemon Grove, California. They're a hardcore punk band. Very cool. And I got Miss Lava from Lisbon, Portugal. They are what you might call stoner rock or doom metal or something in between. Anyway, both of these interviews are relatively short. So I thought we might as well put them together for one episode. What I want you to hear first is the interview I did with Rafa and Johnny from Miss Lava. Now, full disclosure, I had all sorts of issues with this interview, and that's why it's as short as it is. Uh, When we started talking, I realized my headphones weren't working. When uh, we were talking and my headphones were working, I realized the audio wasn't recording. These are random-ass things that usually don't happen that, for some reason, compounded while talking to the fellows from Miss Lava. But I still like this band a lot. And I still like this record, and I still like what they talked about. So I definitely wanted to make a point for you to hear the parts that I was able to record and the parts that I was able to get done with Rafa and Johnny. So I'm gonna first play you a track from them. We're gonna do we're, we're gonna do the, the leadoff track off of off of their record. This one's called Fourth Dimension, and then listen to our conversation. And you're gonna jump in like right in the middle of it, but that's all right. You'll you'll pick up where we were at.
3: To release another EP. So, yeah, we got a uh, we've got a lot of uh stuff out there
1: already. Good yeah, why? Well, I I've, I've been listening back through a lot of it now, you know, catching up because this this doom machine is the first the first one that caught my attention. And then I go back and I listen and you're right on you're right on brand with all the stuff that I like anyway. So, I don't know how I missed you, but I'm glad I found you. So, oh. uh wh- whatever you're doing now that you're getting on getting out here on the radar, that's great. All right. Um so for you guys personally and another again briefly how did you get even interested in playing this this specifically this type of rock and roll
0: Uh i don't know uh we 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 used to be uh trash metal guys and death metal fans and yeah but but there was uh, a lot lots of um of classic rock backgrounds since we grew up so uh then, and then COC releases, uh, Deliverance. Yeah, we, sure. We, we were a huge, huge, fans of Blind Album, but when COC releases Deliverance, me and Hafa, we we, 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 all <laughs> got, go, oh man, this is crazy. This is the best thing ever. And, and then we start to, to, to like this genre, genre of music, cyber music. So, uh, we, we grow from there and then some, uh, all things got together and we, we formed a band. So briefly, is something like that, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, we were huge C.O.C. fans. We even uh when they played here in Portugal for the first time, you know, yeah. we even got to meet them, and yeah. we were just teens, you know. And, and they invited Johnny to go on stage and uh and sing a, a cover song with them. I don't I don't remember which band, but you know, he was it's like. I'd rather
0: right see you dead with a bullet in the head. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what band is, but it's on the Volume Dealer album. It's that cover is it's on that album. Yeah, that's was, awesome.
1: Yeah, was uh, um, huge for us. That's yeah. great. And Coc Coc is a band that so many people love for surprisingly a lot of different reasons. You know, they have so many different sounds, and uh, you know, over the years, but but. Uh, Deliverance is my favorite, also. I mean, just the song "Albatross," you know, that's like it's incredible. But the, I've been fortunate enough to see C.O.C. a lot of times, and like, you know, how they have five different iterations of the band, I've been able to see like each, each lineup. You know, you know, you see the fast stuff, the animosity shit, and then you get Deliverance, and then you get the Blind album, and and then even the new stuff. But anyway. That's just yeah. me bragging, I guess. But so, so I could definitely hear the C.O.C. influence in your band, in in Miss Lava. Oh, by the way, what is the name, Miss Lava? What what is that?
3: Well, we were just, you know, um, drinking um, hot wine, and hot wine goes right <laughs> up your head, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking one night about uh, which name should we give to the band and stuff, and then we're like. Very rational. Well, oh, it should be something that it means stone or, you know, so lava. And I had been to the U.S. and I had seen like a, this place called the, the Lava Lounge, I guess. I don't remember the exactly the name of the place. And I told them, they're like, yeah, man, lava, you know, it's fire, and then it turns into stone. And then uh, somebody came up with it, yeah, but which had like a more like, you know, just like this a female groove on, on it, you know? And uh, then somebody came up with um, the Miss, no, no, Johnny came up with yeah. Miss Pop. He, he has a, a nice story about that.
0: Because yeah. I, I, I went to see a band and I, and I I, I, I love the band, and I asked the, the guitar player, what's the name of your band, man? And he, he, he said, Miss Revolution. You okay, Miss Revolution, what a good name. But then I realized that the band was called Peace Revolution, not Miss. So <laughs> That's not what cool. I cool. What I like <laughs> on, on the name was Miss. So at the time, Miss Lava, okay, let's let's do it, Miss Lava. It stays. That's
1: uh, cool. How, how often do people assume that there's going to be a woman in their, in their band? <laughs> oh, never? Uh, <laughs> never?
0: I, I, I don't know. know. I, I think. I think. I think. Uh, yeah. Probably they assume. Yeah. Until they see a, a, a big fat bald guy. <laughs> hey, you never
1: know I, these days. You
0: know, know. Um, <laughs> we, we, got, we got. We got. robbed.
1: <laughs> uh, well, well. Once they listen to you, maybe they'll be satisfied because because it, it is very good. Um, Doom Machine now has been out for what a little over a month. No, maybe not quite a month. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not quite a month. Um, so, so how's, what's the initial reaction been? How, how's, how's the feedback going so far? It's been, it's been
3: great. It's been like overwhelming actually, you know, uh, everybody's been talking a lot of good stuff about the album and that obviously makes us really happy, you know, just like when you mentioned that we are only on your radar now. I, yeah. I guess this album has something to do with that also, you know? So it's just been a great reaction, this first uh, uh, reaction.
1: Well, I, I went back and listened to, to the rest of the records too, you know, as, since, I, since I came across Doom Machine. And going back to, you know, like Blues for the Dangerous Miles, What? how do you feel that you've most significantly evolved since that record?
3: Well, I, I think we are uh, better songwriters now, uh, whereas in the in the beginning of the band we were just like um the songs w- were more um you know when you can feel what's coming next, you know mm-hmm. just Pretty like cool. more of a, um a kind of a, a standard structured songs and I see I, I feel that now we just go wherever the song takes us you know we're we're more free when we're creating our our music and I guess also that we're we are dealing um with deeper uh feelings or deeper teams you know mm-hmm. when we are writing about stuff so that that's the main that's the main thing for for me when i when I look back to our um, development or evolve as a uh, how we evolved as a band you know
0: even even uh, as a as a a singer i I improve a lot i guess uh, i was i was really uh not very good singer at, at, at that album. I'm 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 proud of what I've done, but but not that proud.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I I was a singer for a band for one year, and right. it still sounds bad. You know, I never it was, it's it's almost unlistenable, but you know it exists. So keep trying. <laughs> nah, I quit. But <laughs> never try again. No, I'm kidding. Um, but so. so so you mentioned, you know, basically, it's kind of the way this maybe the sentiment of of the band has changed, like uh, maybe a tonal shift, not necessarily in sound, but just in um, I don't know, song st- song subject matter, the you know, the, the, more mature songwriting. Is that is that what you're getting at?
3: I guess so. Also, we had a, a lineup change. Uh, we had a different bass player who was with us in the first uh, two records. He also produced the band, and okay. so when he left the band, the new bass player uh, came in, and we were like, we we weren't thinking about uh, how is this gonna sound when we record, how is this gonna uh, fit when we go to the mix, or we weren't thinking about producing anything, you know, just like thinking about getting to know each other better musically, and I, I guess that we were like um, more uh, natural in our uh dialogue with each other as musicians also so i think it's a richer process actually so that that also has made a, a part of a change i guess um
1: has there been any sorry if i'm cutting you off by the way i don't... no 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 um I was going to say the the, uh, the this record i think i saw before i heard you mention in in another interview that it had been Done for quite a while, and you just kind of now got around to releasing that. Is that all uh, because of COVID?
0: Um, no, uh, I think half a, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit better than what I'm going to say. But uh, uh, we, we we had a lot. Uh, These this last four years were very intense in the band. Uh, we have uh, lots of, of babies bo- uh, that born uh, that get born. Uh, and we have a, a loss in one of those babies a lost a son in the in the process so of course uh, this 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 um, disaster this big big tragedy in our lives uh, postponed a little bit uh, the, the the making of the album but uh, at the same time gave us a different light to the album um, i think half explained better than me because no, his English is most, most Fluid in, oh, in mind,
3: so. So it's actually what what Johnny is saying. We we released our, our last album like four to five years ago, and uh, right out, right when we were releasing the album, um, the drummer had his second uh, baby daughter. You know,
2: yeah,
3: and, and that led to, that led to us to had to stop a bit, and then Johnny started working in uh, Angola more. He works, uh, he works like uh, some months he's in, in Angola in Africa and some months he's here in, uh, in Portugal. So we started having, you know, like this um, intense uh, periods uh, where we would rehearse and jam, you know, jam a lot mm-hmm. and record all those, all those jams. And then like periods where we would just be on hiatus, where we wouldn't do anything. In the, and when we got back together, we would just jam, jam, play live and then hiatus again. Then my, my, my son was born and, uh, he was here with us for, uh, months and a half. And then, of course, unfortunately, all this happened. And, uh, in, when he was in the hospital, Ricardo, the, the bass player, his, uh, second daughter was born in the same hospital. So I was there, uh, accompanying my son and he was there having his daughter. So all this was like, uh, you know, a nuclear, it's like a nuclear bomb, you know, sure. that, that affects first in your um, your house, your family, but it goes in, in waves and it affects everybody around you, you know. So um, we obviously had to take our time and it wasn't impossible for us to dissociate this. And his life from whatever we did next, whatever we do nowadays uh, uh, still, you know, whatever we, we whenever we look at things, there's always like a different perspective after after this tragedy, you know, so that was obviously a, a big inspiration in everything we did, because you know, and um, when we when you go out to jam after having been in this process, you know, like the riffs that will come out are not going to be the same riffs <laughs> that, that w- would come out before this happens. And and that was like a, um, a massive uh, insight for us or a massive feeling for us, you know. And then it also, I, I think this also uh, led to Johnny started thinking about, oh, this is just so short, you know. This, this is just, uh, everything is so ephemeral, you know. And uh, what are we doing with our time here, you know. You see... Uh, Lots of people and social media, you know, just going out in uh, those hate spirals, you know, just, just like talking in circles that get, they're like getting um, smaller and smaller circles, you know. And it it's like almost like uh, each one of us has the potential to, to unleash uh, its own doom machine upon the others, you know. And you see, all these little doom machines uh, being created around and being unleashed and like they're all being assembled into a, a bigger doom machine, you know, that will affect us all in different levels, you know, like on your vices, on of course your hate, on your uh, ext- extremist, um, extremist uh, thoughts and what we do with the planet. So doom machine is all this, you know, it's a, uh, it's very complex to us. Um, to, to talk about this like in a just like a, a swift manner, you know, yeah. Yeah. because it's very um, you know you have a light and you have darkness also, you know, because th- there's lots of joy also in in what we uh, experienced, you know. So um, this record, I think that uh, it somehow translates all, all of this actually.
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot, and I. I I understand what you're saying completely, and the so is is it fair to say that you might be able to even call what what this album is kind of a concept record? In maybe not everything's tied together, but in a way, everything always is. I think it has
3: an underlying theme to it, but it's not a a concept record in the classic definition of uh, you know concept rock records. But it, it, it sure it's does like, have an underlying team. It's
0: like a, a wake-up call in every song. You know, there's there's we, there's a lot of dif- uh, uh, difficult subjects to, to to talk about, but there's always hope. In all of them, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's always a way, uh, we try to, to show our way, not, not, not the way for everybody, but our way, our vision, and our vision is bright, it's not darkness, despite that we all are, are part of a machine and assembled to distraction, but, but we, we see the light and we see, we see a good light and we see hope. So that's the, it's, it's a little bit camouflaged in the, in the album, but that's that's the
1: the album for us i understand and and there's an interesting thing that you guys are able to do with your music and you know with your imagery even the name of your album um you're playing heavy music but it doesn't sound burdensome and i don't know if i'm saying that correctly but it doesn't sound like it sounds like there's hope in it you know and i think that's an important thing for people trying to get a good message across like yourself but you know a lot gets lost by just Turn it up too loud and fucking yeah. playing too hard, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's to have a, a gentle hand but still be heavy is, I think, a cool a cool thing to brag about. Thank you. Thanks. Man. Yeah. Um. So, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Uh, I would say that lots of bands uh, want to be hard as they can and uh, they want to play harder and harder and harder. But uh, I think we, we, we always try to keep a balance between the, the hard and the and the heaviness. Uh, it's Still with some melody and and some beautiful moments, yeah. Because yeah. life life should be beautiful as well, not not just hard. And let's work hard and let's try harder, but let's let's enjoy. Let's let's love more. So so that's that's uh, especially my vision to this band I bring Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. And mu- musically, that, that's where we all come from, you know. We, just like the bands we were talking about uh, earlier in the conversation. We, we love to sing along the, those bands, you know. We love to yeah. sing those riffs, you know, and um, I guess that's always been part of us, also.
1: That's great, and I think that's something some people might forget sometimes: is that even though w- people like ourselves are into heavier, harder music, it's we we love it though, you know. It's not. It's, yeah, it's not depressing it's, us. It's, it's, yeah, like, quite
0: it's quite yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's the best part. Of my my. Uh, I, I grew up very into the hardcore scene at one point, and uh, my wife, she's from Italy, and she she came over here. All right, we were at a show, and uh, it was the first time I took her to see this band, Integrity. I don't know if you're familiar, but um, she saw the people moshing and you know basically punching each other in the face, and she says this is horrible. I said, but you don't understand, they all want to be there. They all they all are in there. That's this is their happy place. And uh, I think that's a hard thing to get the perspective for for everything, you know. Not that's just an example, but you know. But uh, but I think that's cool. When you have a, a record like this, uh, like Doom Machine, that's that's pretty personal, right? Um, is it important, or I'm sure you care a little bit, but is it how important is it to you that that people that you get positive feedback on something that's so personal? Like, is this obviously you want people to like your band, but what comes first?
0: Well, I don't know how to, how to respond to that, man. Uh, uh, of course, we, 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 we it's like, it, it, it may sound like a cliche, but we, we make, make the music for ourselves, of course, in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and of course, if people like it along the way, it's, it's great. But, but we know, uh, despite all the, these good, uh, these good reviews and people liking, I, I know for sure that's a lot of people that, that doesn't even Give a damn that doesn't yeah. like it, and man, that's 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 okay, man. The, if we can grab one more than the last record, man, we we cool we cool with that. But of course, an album that means so much to us, if 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 means so much to to somebody, of course it it it's even it, it's it's great it's a great sensation, man. It's, it's yeah. uh it's like a, a a work well done, right? Let's f- uh, clap to 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 our backs great great effort for for us to 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 get someone in the same pages as we are
1: yeah i i i totally agree with that that idea and the the, the anybody who likes it is basically just a bonus you know yeah. the one each listener is a, is a bonus because the the big reward is putting out something like this that you can be proud of and then after that it's all all the rest is a bonus yeah but, okay, I know you guys got, got other places, other things to do here. So, um, real quick, um, we met some influences. Are there any influences uh, for, for Miss Lava that you guys draw on that people that who listen to Miss Lava might be surprised to hear?
0: Uh, I might say, uh, and th- please don't shoot me, but I'm going to say Super Tram. I'm, That's I'm right. Huge, I'm a huge fan of Super Tram, That uh, and, and Rush and, and all the Prague and Voivod.
1: Oh, uh, so I'm, am I.
0: Man, by is, is probably my, my biggest influence,
1: so... Yeah, yeah. I had a way on a few episodes ago, actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Rafa probably has very different of mine, but that that's mainly you know, mine.
1: It's influence. just like when, when
3: we go, uh, we all come, me, Johnny, and, and Garcia, the drummer, we all come from the, the same place, you know, that's thrash metal. That's what we started listening to, you know, that Sepultura. We started listening to a lot of uh, creators, so... Lots of times uh, um, when, for instance, the the second song of the album, In the Mire, to me, he's always wa- playing like he's Dave Lombardo on that song. Nobody w- w- would think about it like that. But to me, that's, a, yeah, man, do those Slayer-type feels in there. You know, that that's what we're thinking when we're doing the song. So uh, that's about it, I guess. It has yeah, nothing to do with Miss Lava, but it does. <laughs> and
0: even uh, the last song of our album is called Red Atlantis. Uh, the, the inspiration for the lyrics it's the slayer cover i like that art so much that i that i picture uh, uh lost atlantis in hell with with those kind of jokes. Yeah. so so when i i i when i uh, put the lyrics i try to, to remember the statues and the and the the sketches and the the bloods uh f- falling the falls uh so mm, that's that's <laughs>
1: That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And I and I know exactly what you're talking, you know. I assume you're talking about like the album covers from like Rain and Blood to South yeah. like, yeah. and Season of Heaven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey guys, I I know I know you got another one to do, so I, I obviously can't keep you any long, but I want to thank you for taking your time to do this one. Sorry we had a rocky start there at the beginning, but I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. We
0: we thank you so much, man. No,
1: thank you for putting out the music like this. This Doomstream uh, thank, Records, thank great. So much. I I love, look forward to getting into the rest of the rest of the catalog. Yeah. Okay. All right. You, take care, man. fellas. Take, take, care. Care. Take, care.
3: Take, care. take care. Thanks. Uh,
1: So that was Brotherhood of Eternal Love from Miss Lava off of their album Doom Machine, which you need to go listen to the entire thing immediately. Uh, That band is well deserving of attention and that's why I included that horrible interview. Not horrible on their part, horrible on my part. I have no idea what happened to the audio. I don't know why it sounds like that. I think the The laptop mic might have been recording instead of my actual mic. I've been trying to do this thing now where in the past, I I do all these interviews through Skype, but I don't do audio. So I tried doing all or I'm sorry, video. So I've been doing video lately with people and it's made it a little bit awkward and some of the settings might have been off. So I don't know. Again, I'm not going to make excuses. I think it's important to include this type of stuff because doing a podcast is fun. But it's also a giant pain in the ass sometimes, especially when you got something weekly like this, where you're trying to get out on a on a deadline. It's a self-imposed deadline, sure, but you're still trying to get it out on a certain time. Here I am at 10:21 on uh, on Sunday evening. I want this to release at 12 a.m. on Monday morning, and it'll happen. But you know, this is this is this is the way things go. So anyway, going all the way back to like the second or third interview I did with Stephen Taylor. Of uh, Philip H M Selmo in the illegals, it was that was a really bad one, and I still put it out anyway. And that was uh, the same same thing back then, just to show the warts and all. You know, this is what happens behind the scenes, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Ms. Lava, as a band is totally worth your attention, and uh, bringing them to your attention is the whole point of this podcast. So I still wanted to do that. Um, maybe next time, maybe I owe oh, him a whole episode. We could do it again. But if, until then, I hope this suffices. I hope you'll check them out and enjoy their music. Uh, Doom Machine is well-deserving of your attention. Anyway, okay, moving on. Let's get to the other interview of this podcast. This one is with David from Project Sellout. Project Sellout reached out to me through Instagram. And a lot of times when a band reaches out to me and asks if I'll interview them for the podcast... I don't want to do it because they're usually not any good, all right? They're usually at a level where they're still working their way up, kind of don't know the ropes, know how things work. But sometimes, and it's pretty rare, but sometimes I listen to it and I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. And Project Sellout is one of these. They sent me their records sold out, or sent me a link to their records sold out, and uh, I was totally blown away, and I love it, and I jumped at the opportunity to talk to them. So this is me and David's conversation about... Project Sellout. And first, I want to play, you know what, I'm going to play the song Quarantine Forever because I think this is a goddamn hit. Uh, All right, listen to Quarantine Forever and then my interview with David from Project Sellout. What's up, man? You're Word. Dave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, well, thank you for doing this. Um, of course. You guys hit me up, and a lot of bands, you know, hit me up, message me, ask about doing the podcast, and that's yeah. cool. But most of the time, I check it out, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but you guys with this with this uh, sold out record, I checked it out and kind of went, holy shit, this is this is awesome, and uh, it was the first time I heard of you guys, uh, which surprised me a little bit because I'm, I'm familiar with your label, I'm familiar with Irish Voodoo, um, yeah. but but you guys have flown under my radar until now, and uh wow. and thank you, and, and I'm glad I'm glad you reached out though,
4: yeah yeah, thank you.
1: So for you personally let's just do a little brief you David history how did, how did you get interested in this type of music to begin with
4: well so did you already talk to the Prescotts no okay well they're kind of the whole key to this operation because when I was um, when I was about 12 years old I um, me and my buddies uh, just stumbled because we live in a small town called Lemon Grove out here in San Diego, which is not like the rest of San Diego. You know, San Diego's big, whole city vibe. But Lemon Grove is kind of like um, very, very mellow. Like there's a lot of old folks that live there and a lot of bored kids that live there, you know. Yeah. So um, when me and my buddies were about 12 years old, we stumbled upon um, just a punk rock show, walking, walking around, just being bored. And then we were like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy. We didn't listen to punk rock music or nothing. And fucking... We were watching PSO, Project Sellout, back when they were first starting. When they first started, it was the Four Brothers, right? And they yeah. were they were all a bit older than I was. Zach is the oldest. He was probably, like, 18 at the time, maybe, you know, or, like, maybe, maybe 1920. But, um, yeah, and we stumbled across it, and we were like, oh, no fucking way, dude. That shit's blew our mind. We started playing punk, getting into punk ever since then, you know, so – and then later on in life, I was probably like 14 when I joined the band, you know, because um Nate, their other brother, he played bass and he moved uh out to Utah.
1: Okay. So it's yeah, so, so the whole band yeah, started it was as just brothers. Yeah, it's like a young thing. I'm sorry? So the whole band started as brothers? Yeah, the
4: Prescott brothers, all four of them. They started the whole community, man. Like without them there would be fucking nothing here, man. Like it was like it was like they single-handedly made like fucking six bands and then like they inspired all of us and we made like fucking 20 bands you know so it was just like those fucking bored punk rock skater kids and then we just went off so it was pretty dope
1: is this was project Cell the first band that you did
4: uh no the first band that i did was called blackheads and it was like a punk band like with my middle school buddies and that's like out online we stopped that in like high school maybe and then like i started doing pso and then like i was from there like just a million bands but now it's like you know pandemic hit also i work now i don't got time for all that so i just stick to like like one two three bands you know max yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well so so how long has project sellout actually been around since 2012 2012 all right i saw some shit that was a little little conflicting i saw something saying like 2002 or 2004 or something I thought, That's-
4: oh no see back then it was the same brothers but they were like fucking kids and they were called jacked rabbits yeah you know yeah so like they were doing that whole thing like fucking since what noah's a guitar player he's like 22 23 now he was playing since literally before like maybe like he was like probably like six when he started playing in Jackrabbits. rabbits <laughs> no you know? shit
1: i got a kid that's yeah. older than, well, i got two that are older than that and i can't imagine either of them playing an instrument it's uh, <laughs>
4: psycho, man. They were just like on fucking. It's because their dad is like an OG punk, like skater dude.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. Well, so so when so you joined Project Sellout as it was already it already existed, right? That's yeah, you, I joined.
4: Yeah. I joined in probably like 2013,
1: 2014. Okay. Well, there's the. the I find this your band really interesting because it kind of combines a lot of the a lot of the sounds that I like from from. Every subgenre I enjoy, punk, hardcore, metal, it's all it's all in there. And uh and is, is that what is that what it sounded like when you got involved? Is that what it was supposed oh, to be?
4: No way, man. Like, okay. So pretty much that was the whole Zach Prescott is a big he's big on like he's big on planning and shit. So it's like he'll have plans like five years ahead. You know, so yeah. this was always what it was supposed to sound like, supposed to be. The band name always stood for Project Sellout, but for the longest time, we went as PSO. And we only played, um, it was like, back in the day, it was like Circle Jerks type music, you know? Like, we listened to a lot of Circle Jerks, a lot of, uh, Descendants was my favorite, because they had that pop element. And I always thought that, like, because I like all types of music, you know? So, like, still staying true to, like, punk and, like, getting violent and hectic, but, like, also having, like, nice melodies and shit. Like, that blew my mind, you know? But, um, yeah, at the beginning, it was just punk.
1: Yeah, well that's that's one of the things that I think you guys do very well and this is is the melody and sometimes it's even uh unsuspected, you know, and it just kind of pops in there. Yeah. I think I, I sent I sent I randomly, you know, just suggested made the made an album suggestion to, to a friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in like a year. I just sent him the link for your record. And I was like just just random, just check this out. And yeah. he, he hit me back with like the same thing. Like and I think he jokingly called it genre fluid, which we said was like a real 2021 term. You know, that like, is a real yeah. 2021 term. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, but that, it, it fucking it works pretty well. You know, because it's like I, I like to just say alternative man, because that can mean anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the the, uh, the you mentioned this this uh, lemon lemon grove, right? This area you're from, and yeah. like you guys rep it pretty hard. What is what wh- what is this place? What makes it so special? Because I've never heard of it.
4: Well, I mean, yeah, no one's really ever heard of it because it's, like, it's just, like, a a small-ass cutty town, and I guess that's why we rep it so hard because no one fucking knows, right? Right. And so it's, like, like, like we had, like, Lemon Grove Punk Fest, like, three years, four years in a row, and we had, like, because there was, like, so many bands to come out of Lemon Grove, a lot of music, man, like, um... That Rob Stone guy came out of Lemon Grove. He was popping off for a while on the radio, whatever the fuck. But, I mean, I, I don't listen to that, really. But <laughs> I don't know what that is. Never heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's just some shit. But, um, no, man, it's just it's just our town. And we all grew up really, like, close. And everybody knew each other kind of from there because it's, like, I don't know. It felt like just, like, an old-school neighborhood, you know, because San Diego so big. And, like, that place felt so small. So it was, like, really cool. And it like... It was crazy growing up because, like, in Lemon Grove, like, we would just, like, go around and ask random, like, fucking taco shops or tattoo shops to throw shows. And they'd be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. And so we, like, <laughs> built our own whole little circuit out in Lemon Grove, you know, and, like, only three shows in Lemon Grove. And, like, we're all LGP, you know, Lemon Grove Punch. It's cool.
1: And so is, is there, like, a, a reasonable – reasonable to say there's a scene out there then?
4: I mean there was pre-covid but right. you know how shit goes everybody dropped out and got old but <laughs> there's definitely like I think that Lemon Grove is like the truest like San Diego scene there is because no one gives a fuck you know like no one's like like cuz shit's so weird now with like the music scenes and all these indie hipster kids and shit and like I like I'm with that I love all kinds of music but like it's just nice and refreshing to have like a like a like a punk rock scene like and like just kids that like don't give a fuck where you're from, don't give a fuck who you are, and just like we're all together, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. And, and you know, for someone way over here on the East Coast, I don't hear like I know there's a the, the, the San Diego scene, but you don't hear a lot about. If you're hearing about California, you're probably just hearing about Los Angeles, right? And that's, yeah. I mean, that's not to – I wouldn't expect you to be hearing about the Central Pennsylvania scene out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you might hear about Philadelphia, but that's you know that's. But uh, so so it's cool to to get a little insight on these little little pockets that uh, yeah. otherwise you'd be kind of clueless on, and uh, yeah. and I don't know like so San I like like you mentioned you mentioned like Circle Jerks and Descendants and and that's what I think of when I think of like California punk rock yeah rock, for you sure know, like and it, yeah
4: it was, no it was super California
1: dude yeah. <laughs> yeah hard to argue otherwise right they're both from California right yeah. Fucking,
4: we, we loved that. Like, that was like our favorite kind of punk rock. Cause like DC and shit is cool. You know, like fucking like East coast shit's sick as fuck. You know, it was brutal. It was hectic, but like, I don't know. California punk was like hella laid back. I'm good right now. Thank you. Hella laid back. Fucking, um, people just dress normal as fuck. That's why, cause we were, we were kind of like from the start, we didn't fuck with like, I can't find my smokes. Sorry about that. I got (laughs) sidetracked. But from the start, we fucking didn't fuck with like the whole like denim jacket with the studs and all that kind of shit. We were more about like just like everybody just dressed normal. We skated and we just fucking hung out. You know, it was cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've noticed that the, the skateboarding culture obviously seems to be a big thing with the band. Is that yeah. is that you guys day to day as well?
4: I mean, yeah, mostly those guys. I used to skate a lot more when I was a kid, but I mean, as soon as like, cause like for the longest time I was touring like full-time as like my job you know with like other bands and shit too so it's like i took like skating just like because if i get fucked up because i would get fucked up on pso tours just eat shit you know because we could skate every day like it would be a skate tour more than it would be like playing shows you know but um yeah now i don't skate those guys skate all the fucking time though they got like they've always had diy like fucking ramps and shit in their yards and shit
1: that's awesome i i i I skated for years and I was always terrible at it for, you know, for like 15 years and ne- never got any better. It was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like dude. I had an, I had like an okay 360 flip for a couple of years and that was it. That's, that was the, that was the height.
4: Dude, it's a fucking gnarly thing to do because you, like, you have to fucking go hard every day or else, I don't know. And you have to eat a lot of shit. Yeah. That's, that,
1: that was my problem. I was afraid of getting hurt. So I never did anything, never took any risks and never yeah. did any tricks, you know, but, but it's, but it's funny, like as, as, and I think a lot of people that grew up skateboarding or just in, even into skateboarding, like I look at everything, even though I could never skate, like I was never capable of skating it. I look at everything like somebody could skate that, you know? Like, yeah, yeah say, me too. you get that skater eye, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you, you could do something on that, and it's funny. And I think I think I think anybody who spent some time with it, it feels the same way. But uh, so so I, I was listening back to uh, the the rest of the project sellout uh, discography. And there's like a, there's like a, such a huge jump in quality between the last LP and this LP. I don't know if you said the the year. I don't know if you were involved in the last one, were you?
4: Uh, I mean, I I didn't record on the last one, but I've been involved with writing. And what, the last one, My Way Out? No, I didn't record it, but I like, we wrote all those songs, because I've been in it since I was like 14 on and off, but during that time, I was on tour a lot with another band I was in, uh, called Beach Goons, and I was like doing that for a, a fat minute.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, yeah.
4: and that was like where I was getting most of my money from. So I, I was on the road like all year.
1: Right. Well, the the what what do you think is the biggest difference between my way out and sold out?
4: Well, sold out is the first album where we actually like went to a real studio, you know, and not some like janky San Diego shit. Like we went all the way out to Utah. And this dude, I forget his name, but the boys, the other boys would know. I'm just so terrible <laughs> at that. But um, and he had the freshest setup, dude. And like the quality was amazing. And like his production, like he was a really good producer, too. You know, he added so much like crazy shit and like cool ideas, you know, because we would like say shit as a joke. Like in the end of um, uh, I believe the song is like Vacancy. Uh, I think so. Or no, not Vacancy. I forget the song. Devil's Tunnel. At the end of that, like we were like, dude, it would sound sick. if We had like some record scratches in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, I got you, and like instantly <laughs> did it. And we were like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Well,
1: that's funny, and and the well, I don't, I didn't know there was good reasons to go to Utah, but but I'm glad to hear there is one.
4: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: But but yeah, that's that's I got. Actually, I heard Utah is pretty cool. Other than other than the Mormons, I heard it's, it's pretty sweet.
4: It's cool. It's cool because Mormons don't drink. Yeah. so there's a lot of crazy ass shit to do there you know because they're <laughs> fucking bored
1: right man. you know
4: so they do like they have like crazy like um, escape rooms and like that's the first time I went to top golf which is just like a gnarly ass putting range where you can just like or you can order like drinks and shit and like it's crazy you thought <laughs> got some wild shit
1: dude. <laughs> I need to get out there then uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Well eventually you know when we're allowed to actually go places, I feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like they might be a. Little, you know what? I was I actually was just watching a, a Utah Jazz basketball game today, and they, they have fans in the stands. They don't give a shit when it comes to that. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's like heavy Trump country. They don't care. They, yeah,
4: know, dude. A lot of places, dude. <laughs> it's psycho, man. A lot of places don't give a fucking shit, and it's trippy to see because I see videos online of just people like massive, like going hard, and I'm like, holy fuck, dude! Imagine if that was here. Like that'd be crazy. I don't know.
1: You know, it's interesting. I, I was talking to a guy uh, actually the last one I put out was, uh, he was from this hardcore band and uh, hardcore metal band in uh, in Israel. And he was saying That's that, and he was saying that they, they've they had like two different breaks where they actually started having shows again and shit and like in the past year and then they get shut down again. It's like, what, why don't you stop having breaks then? <laughs> yeah, like, like, clearly yeah not dude, working. it's kind
4: of like you feel like it's kind of simple, right? But it's like People lose their fucking mind, I guess. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's the real problem is that people just lose their fucking mind. And they're like, America's supposed to be free. But it's like, yeah, dude, we can be free if you just chill, you know, for a second. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fucking. I, I feel like uh, I've been down that road a bunch of times here on this. But, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll keep <laughs> yeah, that yeah. The, 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 you well, know, I okay. don't even like
4: talking about that either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, all right. So, I mentioned that the, the one of the things that I really like about this record is the different sounds and uh it's it's just a it's just how dynamic it is I don't like, it's it's just like a refreshing take on like hardcore punk and like some of the, it's like you guys are taking a couple chances that I don't yeah. think other bands would and i and and, and like there's this confidence to it and maybe it's that you guys have been doing it for so long, but I don't know what what makes you more willing to do that extra thing that that's, yeah
4: I mean, that was definitely hard to do, especially because, like, I remember the first single we put out was The Quarantine Forever, and um, people were like, what the fuck?
1: That's a hit, man. That's a fucking hit, though.
4: Right? I don't know. I think so, too. But, like, a lot of people, a lot of people, like, who were, like, who have been, like, fans from the get-go were like, what the fuck is this shit? (laughs) And we were just like, oops, sorry. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But, um, no, I think... um, Yeah, we we were just, like, because we just, we all like different music, you know, so we just said, fuck it, you know, we don't want to be in, like, a box, because, like, a lot of the times you play music in one genre, you're trapped in a box, and then you're so limited, right, because it's, like, we, like, want to play fucking fat shows, you know, eventually, when the time comes, so it's, like, if we want to play fat shows, we got to play fat music, you know, and it doesn't have to be shit, you know, it could be dope, and, like, so we just tried to, like, make it as sick as we could.
1: Well, you did a good job, and the 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 quarantine forever song, um, was clearly written during the pandemic. So how much of yeah. this, how much of this was, how much of this record was done during the, the pandemic? whole thing, the whole thing,
4: as soon as the pandemic hit, we just fucking wrote two albums. So we have a whole nother one ready to go oh, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but we, this... we were just, we were just like in grind mode. We were like, fuck, we're bored. You know, the only thing we can do is fucking just write, I guess.
1: Yeah, you know, it seems like a, a lot of bands started out with that in- intention, but weren't able to keep up with it. And, uh, well, that's great if you guys were able to, but it, but it, so this, this officially like, you know, was available back in December digitally, Yeah. but physically that's not happening for a while, right?
4: Are physical copies? Yeah. I think the records are out now.
1: Are they? I thought I saw they yeah. weren't coming out until like April or May or something
4: maybe i don't know i don't have any social media so <laughs> oh, i don't keep okay. up with that but um fucking i know that i have i don't have the new record like the full album but i have the quarantine forever like single on so vinyl yeah 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 and then um i think those are out but yeah maybe maybe the full record is not going to be out for like a month or so, or two months or something
1: is that? Uh, I, I guess you wouldn't know then, but I assume that's COVID related. I know there's a lot of pressing plant delays and shit. Yeah, yeah,
4: probably. Which is like, yeah, I guess so. I don't know how that. I don't know the like intricacies of that, but right, right. I I know that. I guess it's not out because you say so. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Yeah, I had to break it yeah. to you, but you know, I've I've had that happen with a with a few 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 bands I've talked to recently where they they weren't able to physically put out their record, but they still did it digitally and it didn't take anything away from it and if any time to do that it's now where people can only yeah. listen to music it's not like you can yeah
4: yeah especially when people are like tight on funds too you might as well fucking you know streaming is probably the best way to get right, it out right. because like i know that a lot of people got out of commission from fucking in covid so it's like they're not gonna drop like 20 bucks on a fucking hot vinyl like yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: i don't know yeah they should, probably shouldn't but you know what a, different priorities right yeah, I probably bought bought too many more records since all this happened. Oh, really? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm just sitting yeah, at home. True. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, so, so do you guys have? You know, we mentioned all these different sounds and some of the kind of obvious influences that that you guys you know borrow from. But is there anything that that uh, people who listen to Project Sellout might be surprised to hear if you say you were influenced by? I mean.
4: I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I guess, I mean, fucking for Noah, our guitar player, you know, he's like a, a, you can kind of see on the album, he's a super shredder, you know, like, and even more so live because he like, his solos are fucking nuts. So like, but he like loves like the Beatles and like Steely Dan and shit like that. Like he's a classic rockhead forever, you know? And, um, I mean, Zach really loves like Eminem and like (laughs) Blink-182, you know? um simon the singer he fucking he absolutely loves um what was it i forgot the name of the band it starts with um i forget but you know we we listen to a lot of crazy shit obviously you can hear like we love like block party and shit like that and like all those kind of like i love like modest mouse dude like early modest mouse that shit goes hard so i don't know (laughs) tony hawk we're just influenced by tony hawk pro skater soundtrack
1: you know, that's. I think that's a that's a whole generation of people. I don't know how old you how old how old are you now?
4: Me, I'm only 21. I turned 22 in like a month.
1: Okay, so all right, I'm 36. So when Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out, yeah, I mean that was on PlayStation for me, and I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know what year that. I probably was seventh, eighth grade, maybe late something 90s like
4: that. or some shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So like like prime time, like that was probably when I bought my. I remember bought my first skateboard that summer. I had a had a flip Tom Penny Magic Mushroom board and the you know the Simon, yeah, <laughs> a pair of Simon Woodstock Vans shoes and then you got the it came with the the Vans Punkorama 2.0 or it was like 2.1 or something you know it had like Pennywise and Rancid and you know, oh, I DFL that CD
4: too yeah the d- Punkorama yeah, yeah
1: 2.1 though it was 2.1 I don't,
4: I don't remember <laughs> I remember I have that though because I see the Punkorama with the sick ass logo that they did I have yeah. that CD in my drawer.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. But 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 along with that, and along with like those around that time was uh Tony Hawk Pro Skater too, and all the shit, all the songs that came out on those on those soundtracks, and that was really like an influential thing to a lot of people. And I think it's hell a, it's yeah, a, dude, it's it's a little strange, but it's also very cool. And I know like those games later on, uh they added a, the, the soundtracks got huge and got deep, and it, you know they throw shit on there like Twenty Five to Life or something weird. <laughs> but it was, but it was but it was still a cool way for people to find new shit. Um, yeah. So for for this, so if you already re- recorded this whole record and you said another one, but just with this whole record, but just just was sold out. Do you personally have a favorite track on this one?
4: I mean, um, yeah, my favorite track is probably "Bad Dreaming" because and I'll tell you why. Because that was one of the first songs PSO ever wrote back in 2012. And it didn't sound anything like the new one. Yeah. But we just juiced it up. And it was, like, it's it's so perfect because it's, like, full circle into the sound that we want to kind of try and do now. You know? And, like, we wrote it before we even thought of that, you know?
2: So nice. it's, that's like, cool.
4: it was... I love that song. I think that's just a hit. And then um, maybe, like, To Whom? Is that on there? Yeah, I think so. But I don't know. I lo- like... It's hard to really pick, you know. I love all of them.
1: Yeah, of course, and it's it's kind of a shitty question, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the, the the quarantine forever that there was that single is that the same recording as what came on the album?
4: No, I think we juiced it up. I, I think so. we re-recorded it, but um, I think that, or maybe we just redid the vocals, but. Or maybe we redid the instruments and not the vocals. One of those two. Some some kind of
1: combination of that, right? Yeah.
4: yeah. It's like we used <laughs> tracks from the old one, but we also like re recorded some parts, but I don't remember
1: Right, right, right. Well, yeah. with this with this being out now and uh, whether it's out physically or not, I don't know. You can't play shows. You can't do you can't do anything that bands do other than yeah. promote your record, right? So what so yeah. Yeah, awesome. So what do you do next? What does Project Sell do next?
4: Well, I mean we're we still consistently practice like one to two times a week we rent out a studio that uh monthly so we just go there whenever and we like come up with creative shit we're filming music videos right now um and then we're just getting ready to head up to utah for the second record
1: oh nice nice so yeah that's that's great you you keep them productive in the because i I don't know i don't know how it works out there or when you guys uh, are gonna see the end of this lockdown shit? But uh, hopefully, probably soon. never, dude. California yeah.
4: people are fucked up and insane, dude. <laughs> well, Los Angeles is crazy, dude. Like, have you? Seen, I'm sure you can see on the news, dude. People in LA are fucking nuts, and we're in San Diego right underneath, man.
1: So, yeah, but you got a. Uh, but you, what you guys got to be mad about? You got like the world's best yeah. best weather, don't you? Yeah, that's yeah. true. We just
4: chill. Like, it, honestly, it's like being inside is no thing, and like, also, we can go to the beach and like, no one's around, fucking for f- miles you know so like it's chill you know, we're fine
1: just just for just humor me what's the what's the weather there right now in the
4: daytime probably like i don't know 70 80 it's like winter time so it's a little colder in the summer it gets like 90 100 <laughs> yeah it's but funny it's, cause like,
1: it's like it's like 20 and 30 here you know <laughs> and there's been yeah. snow outside for two weeks it's just That's it crazy. just hangs out you know
4: yeah we but, have to drive a couple hours to see snow
1: i love it that's that's what i need yeah but uh, all right hey hey dave thank you for thank you for taking taking some time and doing this i appreciate it um as i said uh project sellout sold out on Irish voodoo records came out in december but still able to be ordered i think uh very cool very different refreshing uh hardcore punk rock punk rock hardcore whatever you want to call it um yeah anyway any last any last things to say or or are we done here
4: um my last thing to say is just stream the record, I guess. My phone's on 1%, so that's a perfect <laughs> time to end it. <laughs> All
1: right, cool, man. Hey, take care. Have a good night.
4: Yeah, you too, man. All right, later. All right.
3: If I have my way, I'm never going to leave Lemon Grove
1: Avenue. So there you are. That was my conversation with David of Project Sellout. The song you just hear, heard at the end was Where I Stand. That's the lead off track off of Sold Out. Again, out on Irish Voodoo Records now. You can pre-order that record. I did myself. Can't wait for that one to show up. Uh, It's it's really odd for a hardcore punk record to kind of grab your attention and be like, holy shit, this is a little bit different. But they definitely did that. I sent this, uh, like I said, mentioned in the interview. I sent this to a friend of mine, MC, who runs Skid Row Garage. You heard him on the podcast before. He sings in Old Tigers. He has a sweet podcast called Two Beats Off that he does with Steven. and uh, I forget the other guy's name. But anyway, um, he, uh, he 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 had the same kind of sentiment uh, that it was. It's very different. It's a lot of uh, different different cool genres from hardcore and punk combined into one. And uh, the Where I Stand in Quarantine Forever, the two tracks that I played here, are just an example of that. Some of them are a little more straightforward. Some of them are a little more diverse. But uh, they're, they're a very cool band doing something just a little bit different that makes them stand out. And I appreciate that greatly. Um, but, yeah, so I guess that's about it for this episode. Um, I want to thank all the people who subscribe through the Patreon uh, Patreon.com slash GettingItOutPodcast. I appreciate you guys. Uh, whether you're in the $1 tier, the $2 tier, or the $3 tier, you are my favorite people outside of my family. Um. What else? If you want to check out anything else that's happening with Getting It Out, go to at getting underscore it, underscore out, underscore podcast on Instagram. That's where I do most of my business at. There is the facebook.com slash getting it out podcast page. Uh, Look for me in groups. I try to get each episode posted in several groups across the Interland. If you can help by sharing, it's always appreciated. If you can go to uh, whatever, iTunes or whatever it's called, Apple Music, and give a five star rating and review, that's always appreciated. But most appreciated is just the fact that you listen. Please feel free to reach out, send an email to dan at gettinggetout.net to let me know you listen to the show. I love those messages, they mean the world to me, um, especially. I especially love when people send me their music to play on the podcast, and that's what I'm going to end you with here. I've got a song called Voices from My Latest Failure from Middlesex, UK. They've sent music in before, I think, and I've played it on the podcast, so we might as well do it again. Um, I think you're going to like them. I've liked everything I've heard from them so far. They're a three-piece punk band. It's as simple as that. They combine subgenres of punk and metal to produce hard-hitting verses with catchy sing-along choruses, which we call hardcore injected punk, is what they say on their Bandcamp page. And uh, I can't deny that. So, Check out the latest from my latest failure. This one's called Voices. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.